0: Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything.
1: Hello, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories brought to you by Barra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Uh, My guest in this episode, uh, if you don't know him by name, you'll certainly know him by voice and I'll... Show you what I mean in just a moment. He is an absolute legend of motorsports uh, in this state, in this country, uh, particularly in the uh, sport of uh, speedway uh, motoring. And he's been the voice of uh, of the Perth Motorplex for its entire 21 years or so of its existence, and prior to that, some 35 years uh, at the famous Claremont Speedway. In fact. Uh, I'm told that he never missed a meet at uh, the Claremont Speedway in all 35 years. He even took his lovely wife, Linda, on their very first date to the Claremont Speedway. <laughs> so obviously uh, the uh, the high octane f- fuel and fumes uh, is is in both of their blood. So I'm looking forward to uh, hearing all about the life and times of the famous Con Migro. But before we say hello to Con, have a listen to this.
2: They lock together in Mortal Kombat. Three and four-way. Look, at Tom Payet, get out the road because I'm coming through. Grabs the wheel with a paralyzing burst of speed in the number seven car.
1: That is The Voice. Now let's meet the man. Con Migro, recently retired, or shall we say scaled back from your duties as The Voice and the, the figurehead for motorsports here in uh, WA Con. Hello and welcome. How are you? Good to be with you, Tim. I'm looking forward
2: to this... Uh Show it'll be something different for me. You sound so subdued, Colin. (laughs) Well, I I normally am. I'm not a, I'm not normally a loud, mouth. But uh, really, when I get hooked up in the speedway world and motor racing, yeah, I, I just it it all came out. Just
1: something happens. Yeah, because that's I suppose as so many people would know you and know of you isn't it, hearing those, yeah. particularly people who aren't, you know, those diehard yeah. Speedway fans would go, wow, that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> I've heard that guy for so many years. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's he's pretty fired up.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's, that's the type of sport, um, Speedway yeah. in particular, is it's very explosive. Uh, yeah. Um, it's full of action. I mean, there's never, ever a dull moment. Yeah. And I think that it just brings out – well, I guess the juice is flowing, and, yeah. and for commentators, it's, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a given that you've just got to get with it and be excited. with Get it. revved up,
1: yeah. Maybe you can give us a little sample later on. If you've still got a few revved oh, yeah. up moments in you, oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> People must stop you in the street, though, do you, when they when they know who you are? And, and, you know, do they ask you sort of to, you know, it's a bit like a magician doing a magic trick, isn't it? Is that, come on, come on, con, give us your Friday night fever.
2: Yeah, well, often when I, um, I play lawn bowls now because I'm pretty <laughs> old in life, but often when I play against guys, you're not the guy from the speedway, eh? are okay. you? <laughs> I'm the guy from the speedway. Yeah, uh, and,
1: uh, which, which seems quite out of sync with yeah. the very placid game of, of,
2: of lawn bowls. Well, lawn bowls to speedways is in a, a different yeah. world. Yeah. But, uh, often, you know, um, you know, different functions. I've been asked to do a Friday night speedway night yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Particularly when I've had a few beers celebrating or something. Like yeah. That. Everyone will you, Mr. Speedway.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so away we go. There it is. It's never far away. Yeah. Um, you've recently, as I say, not retired as such, but you've, you've, you've stepped back – uh, from some of your, your duties. I mean, because you were um, manager, commentator, promoter, spokesperson, you were everything um, yeah. Yeah. to Speedway here in WA for, for, for such a long time. So tell me what it is that you've pulled back from and, and what are you still doing?
2: Well, I've pulled back from the weekend and week out commentary on yep. Saturday night. I'm going to just uh, do something else with my life. I'm still going to go on a fairly regular basis. Mm. Um, my son Gavin, who runs the show now, He is introducing uh, Fast Fridays, and that's where the young amateur men and women who want to maybe aspire to become into the big league um, Mm. will get a chance to strut their stuff. Um, And I'm going to hopefully get some young men and women that are interested in coming into the commentary team. They talk to Gav, and uh, I'll try and teach them um, a little bit about... What is required to become a commentator?
1: What is required? Do well, people have to get to your level of yeah. excitement to, to pull it off, or is it more than that? Not
2: necessarily, <laughs> but I think that you've got to have a passion for the sport. Yeah. You've got to love the sport, uh, and as I say, it's very addictive, and I've I've been um, pretty fortunate in my life. I've been able to travel extensively, and so consequently, particularly Australian voices in America, I mean, you just got to believe just how they um, they just love the way that we talk for a start, and of course, that yeah. commentary is rather unique because they are very subdued in the in the way they um, commentate. Is that
1: right? Yeah. The American yeah motorsport commentators. Yeah,
2: well, they, they, there's a bit of pizzazz in it now, but it's yeah. nothing like we do in Australia. Honestly, it's uh, really. I think the Australian commentators uh, in in all forms of sport, and I'm not being one eyed when I say this, but I think we're light years ahead of everyone. Yeah, race calling commentators, uh, our football commentators, and of course uh, our motor racing guys. Uh, I think we pretty well um, we bat well above our yeah. way as they say. So. Yeah.
1: So when you go over and and commentate internationally, are you considered a um, a bit of a novelty and a bit of a bit of an oddball?
2: Very, very much a novelty. Uh, yeah. I, I it's not a thing that's planned not you. For instance, you might go to uh, Knoxville in Iowa, which is where the world's biggest race is. And I, for many years, used to call a couple of events over there in the Knoxville Nationals, mm. which is the biggest race in the in the, uh, in the world as far as sprint car racing. Is. And often I'd walk out the box and I'd say, mm. Hey, sir, that English you're speaking? Is that proper English? <laughs> I'd say, you better ask a pom and what's a yeah. pom? <laughs> not realising they don't know what a pom no, is. No, well, just different know, Lingo. You know. yeah. um, Of course, and they said, you know, they love the way that we talk, for instance. They, they said, when you were seeing those drivers uh, around the track and you are going to race around the track and they are going to do their victory lap or what? they they were words that they never normally heard. Yeah, um, They had their own... Ways of doing things. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so it was quite a quick. And, not, and yeah. the Americans used to love it. Yeah. And a lot of Australians, even now, I think even in the movie industry, they seem to yeah. uh, do pretty well uh, yeah. in being accepted. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, as I mentioned, you know, your your voice, and particularly um, during the, the days of the Claremont Speedway, just became. Such an institution, such a familiar sound on our TV screens. Oh, there's that guy getting all worked up about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. things happening in Clermont on a Friday night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, no one can no one can say you didn't go out there and, and spread the gospel, as you put it, yeah. Con, over many years. So, I'm not surprised that people turned up in droves uh, to share their stories and, and pay tribute to you. Well, uh, just recently COVID,
2: it hadn't been for COVID-19 um, I believe that there was a, a lot of people coming from the east in fact I mm. see phone calls since saying that they were going to come over and surprise me Yeah, um, friends of mine in Brisbane and, and particularly in Sydney that were going to come but because of COVID-19 they could get here but probably not get back home and they yep. didn't want to do the quarantine and and uh, yeah, life's as you know, pretty messy. Yeah, you know, trying to move. Yeah, it's all a bit
1: complicated yeah, at the yeah, moment, it is, isn't very it? Much yeah.
2: So,
1: yeah. Tell me, can you, is there something you can put your finger on? What was it that got you back? Every week was it the people there, or you know, is it the roar of the engine, smell of the fuel? Like, like what is it that was so addictive to you?
2: I don't. Really, I can't really answer that properly. But I was a driven person, as I say, I believed in it in the sport so much, yeah. and I knew the heartaches that the people went through to go and race. It's not like. And I'm not knocking league footballers, but when they go to the, the ground, they're probably given a pair of footy boots, socks and shorts and a jumper. And most times when you go and race speedway, you've got to pay a lot of money. For instance, in mm. a sprint car, you're looking around about a million bucks. Just to uh, get a car. Or get a car. And on transport the, track. the whole yeah. track. Yeah. Uh, and then down through the ranks it goes, but it's a lot of money. And so those people that uh, race, they've got good sponsors, uh, good parents, um, they are maybe have great businesses or whatever it might be. Yeah. And um, so they're really putting in over and above the call of duty to go and race and to, to do what they believe is their passion in life. And then, of course, if they're good enough, they might get answers. If you're a race car driver, you might go to, say, America. And if you're a motorcyclist, you might go to England or Europe. Mm. And um, that's where they get the big bucks.
1: Yeah. There must be something on a on a visceral level, though, that that appeals to you as well. I mean, just the the, the noise. Well, it's instance. very exciting it's a, yeah it, it the excitement of it yeah. you know that anything can happen
2: well it is but, but i remember when i first got hooked up i was going to christian brothers in highgate and uh, the the um one of the brothers or one of the guys fathers um bought all blossom and all blossom was an international speedway right in fact i mm. took over the speedway from him And he gave a talk about the life of an international speedway rider. Now, as a young boy, I must have – something must have set in my brain and my head. I couldn't believe the life – I come home and told my parents that I was going to be a speedway racer. And the first (laughs) thing my dad did was he couldn't believe because he'd been a football horse racing person. And, of course, he couldn't believe that um, his son wanted to be a speedway rider. I did find out many years later that he had um, a mate of his at school – he went to Christian Brothers Fremantle and yep. one of his mates had um, uh, been killed in a speedway accident. Right oh, back. gosh. And, um, and that was something that uh, uh, was in he, it was his mind and, and so he he never really uh, got it yeah. at all. But it was just how, I don't know what drives people to do things a lot of times in life. Yeah. And, uh, don't question and, it, just no. go with it. And uh, and I just loved it. and mm. I, I, I deeply believed um, that they were doing things that um, mm. not normal human
1: beings could do. no. We need to take a break, uh, Con, but we'll get right into your uh, your backstory, I'm particularly uh, curious to hear about the moment. As I understand, someone gave you a couple of tickets to go to the Speedway as a kid, right? Correct. Yes. I love that story. We'll get into that right after we take a break. Con Migro is our special guest. This is Inspiring Stories. Back with more in a moment.
0: You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bowra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Inspiring stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything.
2: Will this be victory? Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Callum leaves and wins his first major race. What a awesome drive.
1: There you go, another magic moment, another familiar moment, uh, and the voice of Con Migro, speedway legend here in WA, and our guest in this episode of Inspiring Stories. Um, Con, can we trace your uh, involvement in with the sport back to a, a time when you were just a kid and, and you were lucky enough to get your hands on a couple of free passes to well, the speedway? Is that where this whole crazy journey started?
2: Well, I, that particular time at the Orb gave the talk at school, uh, he gave the kids passes and of course I went home and, I, and uh, my parents were no way in the world they were going to take me to yeah. and I had to convince my eldest sister and I lived in um, Bedford which is yeah right on the border of Inglewood anyway um, I convinced her to take me so we went by tram to Perth and then train to, Cal- to Claremont she wasn't interested at all <laughs> and so anyway she took me a couple of times and then she said she wouldn't take me again. so I made sure at school I got involved with um, either boys or girls didn't no matter who it was yeah uh, by that time, I'd left Christian Brothers. Uh, this is a f- couple of years later. I made sure that I got to know people that were involved in Speedway and uh, mm. anyway, used to Was that a people. bit of a niche target? <laughs> yeah, just, well, it wasn't. It's was funny. Uh, you know, often kids would because you've got to remember back in those days it was uh, football, cricket, trotting. Yeah, uh, But but it was only foot, a speedway and trotting at, at, on a Friday night, and, and there wasn't a lot of other things to do. Yeah. But in the uh, wintertime, of course, it was football and horse racing went all year long. And so speedway was a place that where a lot of people went, mm. um, not so much now because of the fact that there's so many th- other things to do. In mm. But um, in those days, they were the three or four major um, things happening at nighttime or, yeah. or, or around the day for, as far as sport's concerned. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, how old were you when you got those tickets then?
2: I was around about uh, 13, 13, and um and then from then on well since then i've as I say I've haven't missed yeah a night hardly or I haven't missed a night or a day involved in it and i've done i've I've uh, flown hundreds of thousands of miles I've driven thousands of thousands of miles and um and I've done calling all over australia and all yep. over the world so it's been yep. um, quite a, and and I quite had a ride uh, yeah and plus I've contracted some of the world's best riders and drivers um and um most of them have come on, went on, and after leaving mm. us, uh, either world champions or become NASCAR drivers or whatever. Mm. It was, that was another great buzz to think that you played a big part in their early development in, in their speedway careers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people who are immensely grateful uh, to you uh, you know, for your passion mm. and, your, and your dedication. Um, outside of racing, I, I know you took your, your wife Linda on your first date.
2: Correct. <laughs> To the Speedway. I was a raw romantic. I bought. I think I, bought, uh, I suppose.
1: I mean, no illusions there. It's no, like if, you, no. if, if this is going to be a thing, then you're going to have to love Speedway too. Right. Tell me how you guys met, and how that conversation about the first date went.
2: Well, I had a mate of mine. I, I was looking for a girl to to share my passion. with, will say to go somewhere to come to the Speedway with yeah. me. So uh, he introduced me to Linda, and I asked her to come to the Speedway, and we we're both kids. And, and
1: and what was her initial response was well, it oh okay
2: geez, I suppose so. She's not the movies <laughs> it wasn't the movies no and I, mean, I was a big spender and I think I bought her a Coca-Cola and a packet of Aurora Jubes oh. and we sat up on Foul House Quarter, and she got covered in mud but she seemed <laughs> to like it So, yeah. <laughs> oh, not the mud part of it but uh, she seemed to enjoy the involvement and she got a couple of drivers that she saw that she liked and yeah. and so um, away we went and um course that got interrupted a little bit when we had children but yeah. uh, generally overall she's been right with me all the way and every, yeah every person you ever hear they all say you've got to have a very and in fact i'm sure that a lot of wives would not have put up with um no the time that i spent it's,
1: well it's not for everyone is it no and you know no. my whole and of
2: course you know, again, again, you're doing country speedway, for instance. If I was Friday night, there was nothing unusual. Maybe Saturday night in Kalgoorlie, Albany. Yeah, uh, I've been to Port Hedland and do th- shows like that. You know, so you were away from home a lot on the weekend, and um, yeah, to have a wife, and then particularly when the kids come along. Yeah, um, she was, <laughs> she was sort of bringing the kids up, on her own. Yeah. Um, I was following her a dream, and uh, yeah. we were supposed to be getting on pretty well about. It and she yeah, to, well, she'd probably minded, but she, she
1: accepted <laughs> it. She accepted it. She yeah. saw uh, the passion you had for it. And, yeah, 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 and I let it go. It. Yeah. There you go. Um, she must be mildly pleased then that you're able to well I step think, back and do other things nowadays.
2: Well, she's as big a fan, if not than me now. And <laughs> I think, Is that right? I can see that her because my eldest son Stephen, yeah, who never raced Speedway, though he rode motocross. Um, he goes down every Saturday night, so I think he's going to be going down with um, mum yeah. every Saturday. So she will still continue to go, and I'll go occasionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so uh, I think that she's she, always she's on. I'm not on um, Facebook or anything like because she mm. reckons I'd end up in jail if <laughs> so I've stayed away from it. Um, Why that? What would you be in jail well, for? She said some of the things that get said about. Speedway and and people, some of them are really vicious and nice, but there are a lot of nice people too, but she said that she doesn't think I'd... I'd... You and Donald Trump, (laughs) banned from Facebook. Yeah,
1: I suppose so. I don't want to draw any I don't want to be compared with him, No, exactly. (laughs) uh, I put you guys in the same sentence. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, Before you got sort of absolutely bogged down in this world of Speedway, though, you mentioned before you worked for... Waldemir, Waldemir, yeah, yeah, the paint company. Tell me how about how that came about. What what was your what was your job? What was your lifestyle like then?
2: Well, I um, the school holidays came along one year, and um, I was uh, they used to employ children. A lot of people, kids, used to get jobs for the Christmas holidays. And I got mm. a job for the Christmas holidays, and when my stint of that Christmas holidays uh, finished, I was about fifteen, I think. Um, the big boss of the company came to me, and he said, um, we "We're very impressed with you, young Con, and." Um, we would like to know that uh, when you decide to um, give um, school away, we're, we're, there's a position here for you. Anyway, I went and spoke to my ki- my parents, and I didn't like school, and I wasn't that good at school. Mm. So I um, I went back and saw them. I said, "Yes, I'd like to do it." So I was a clerk in the office, uh, in the dispatch office at Warburmere, and um, and. Then from there I, I went. For, I went to night school and did several um, courses in yep. like typing and little yep. things like that, which I should have been doing at school, but, but I was a dreamer. And I uh, then um, went uh, on and uh, become a company rep, and stayed there was with Walkmeau sixteen years. So I mm. only ever had two jobs in my life. Yeah, right. I, I worked for Walkmeau paints, and then the rest. Then the, the end of my life, um, as far as work was concerned. I was in the speedway industry, running Claremont or either the Perth Motorplex. And then, of course, since I retired from my week-in-a-week-out job, I did a lot of other things. But uh, my only two main employment jobs were, uh, like, Warp Paints and Speedway.
1: Yeah, there you go. There's a lot of loyalty there. Unbelievable.
2: (laughs) I, I was a... Very loyal. A, a model employee. I, I think so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs>
1: and you probably haven't had one stint of, of long service leave in all that time.
2: No. And, that, no. <laughs> that was another thing. and of course, um, even I'm prior superannuation. Yeah. So my superannuation, I was a self-funded yeah. retiree. Um, so uh, I'm not like the people today. Yeah. And I, been which I think Adding quite, to it over the years. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that's um, that's something that I did miss out on. But, mm. but the other things that I gained out of my life was uh, probably – yeah, probably better than dollars. And worth cents. more than that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, your love of cars. I mean, clearly you you love the sport mm. of of speedway motoring. But um, is there an underlying love of cars? Have you were, you were you one of those kids that just was always you know looking out for a new model of this, or you know, had a favourite one of those, and you'd get excited if you saw one? Were you that sort of kid?
2: No, um, no. I but I, I I love cars and I love motorcycles. Yeah. But no, I didn't really. I don't really know a lot about cars. Exactly. No. In fact, I've given a lot of talks. At I find that
1: surprising. I say,
2: yes. I, yeah. I, I, I always say to them, whatever you do, when when we come to the question and answer time, please do <laughs> not ask me technical questions <laughs> yeah. because I could tell you anything. I don't really know a lot about them. So I I just chose to. Um, I, don't, I just love the sport, and that. Was, yeah. Uh, you love it when they go fast. Yeah, love when they fast, and I and and there were a lot of brilliant men in the Speedway, industry, the, mm. like car builders. Manufacturers, engineers, mechanics, mm. and uh, they—they're unbelievable to think that these people behind the scenes that, that are that are doing this day in and day out, day out, and don't get any praise or publicity for it. Yeah, but yeah. they're well known within the speedway industry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you certainly, as you say, did your best to spread the gospel oh. and and take it to the masses. Um, we need to take another break, Con. But after that, I want to ask you about your Claremont days. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I was doing my research on you, you know, it was a, a, a jolt to me to to think that that finished up 21 years ago, I suddenly felt <laughs> felt my age gone. Because right. I remember it so well, and, you know, it was such an institution. Uh, but it all sort of, you know, well, all things come to an end, don't they? And so it did in the year 2000, 21 years ago. I couldn't believe it. it um, unbelievable. But it was a controversial time at, at, at some points, wasn't it? Being nestled in there in that part of Perth.
2: And disappointing. Yeah. I think that the landlords, the Royal Agriculture Society, I haven't, I don't yeah. wish them any... Um a bed luck or bad will but um, they could have handled it a lot better they really treated us pretty shabbily yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not a bitter person but I do know for a fact that if they'd been smart we probably could have remained there and yeah. even with the money that we'd got from the state government to build the motorpiece, probably yeah. could have put a roof over the Claremont showgrounds and maybe had a magnificent stadium I don't know
1: we'll never know we'll never, we'll know. never know we'll get into that uh, after we take a break this is Inspiring Stories Con Migre is our special guest back with more in a moment
0: you're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bowra and Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. inspiring stories for Bower and O'Day don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything welcome back to inspiring stories my special
1: guest in this episode is the one and only con migraine we've heard a couple of examples uh, of his fine work behind the microphone uh some fine work behind the microphone uh, at the moment as well con but uh, in a slightly more subdued state than what a lot of people would be used to um Claremont Speedway. It was such an institution. As I mentioned before the break, you know, it was a jolt to me um, just to, to read again that it was 21 years ago that it finally wrapped up because it seemed like one of those things that was just a part of the geography and the DNA of of Perth. It was I imagine I'm trying to imagine now though, if I was sort of you know 20, um, growing up. It'd be almost unthinkable that you'd have this very noisy sport nestled in the rarefied air of the Golden Triangle Correct of Perth in
2: Claremont. How did you how did you manage it? How did you keep it there for so long? Well I'll tell you a little story. Claremont started in nineteen twenty seven. It was from Fremantle in the same year that John Hoskins took the sport of Speedway racing to England and now. It is uh, a very, very big sport in England, uh, yep. in Europe, particularly in Poland at the moment. It's near on the national sport, but right through Sweden, you name it, mm. uh, and the United States. Now, car racing originated from America. Motorcycle racing um, originated from Australia. So Claremont played a major part in the sport. And anyway, we, um, we were pretty fortunate to stay where we were. Jeffrey um, Miller was a partner of mine. He was a QC in Perth. And uh, we were taken to court by the, the town of Claremont not by any of the residents, by the town of Claremont, no mm. doubt driven by some of the residents, um, to say that we constituted a noise. And in the court case, we, um, we did prove beyond doubt that we um, did not constitute the noise that they were saying. Yeah. Them, and we won the court case. The only mistake that I made then was that the town of Claremont asked for the, the payments to be heard in camera of, at the end of the court case. And, and I said, yes, Jeff said, no, you should let that get out into the, into the general public. So to this, I said, no. And uh, we kept it in-house, as they say in camera. And unfortunately for me, um, or for us, uh, uh, no one ever knows how much that cost, case cost um, the town of Claremont. I know how much it cost Claremont Speedway to defend it. Yeah. And that was a considerable amount of money. And even Jeff, who was a dear friend of mine... So
1: that's a secret that you... Yeah. You, sorry, you know the answer to it. Well, or, I know. Or you, you've I know got a, you've got a pretty good paid, idea. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I know the money that we we're paying. A QC, People of Claremont still none we were the wiser. QC daily. Yeah. Um, and to uh, I think the court case went about um, ten or eleven days. Yeah, um, and anyway, we we constituted. We didn't. We did, we proved beyond doubt that we didn't constitute the noise that they were mm. trying to say. But he, Jeff did say to me, "Look, Connie said I don't." see you there for very much longer. He so said, I would suggest, yeah. I think, that there'll, there'll come a time when you've got to go. And I think we uh, we lasted another 25 years, which was quite <laughs> amazing. Yeah. But it wasn't without a fight. Um, yeah. We were constantly in, in conflict with a lot of times. And even when we went from clam, a lot of people think we were closed because we're, of the noise, and it wasn't. The Royal Agriculture Society had some people come along and um, advise them that they were going to have a thing called The Land and it was going to be like bringing the uh, the country to the city, mm-hmm. a little bit like, say, a Disneyland type thing, and Claremont Showgrounds would become the centrepiece for anything to do with agriculture. It has never happened, which is unfortunate because it is a wonderful location mm. um, and right on the trains and the like. Now, as you see the huge development, particularly around Claremont Oval, I would suggest to say that it won't be long before the Claremont Showgrounds um, will have to move from the they It's a they, prime they, piece of land, isn't well, it? It's got to be. And, you know, yeah. if, if they were smart, they would take make the move. They did it in Sydney. I know it's heartbreaking, but uh, and in fact, um, there's some wonderful places they could um, build the showground, I'm sure, where they could have a lot more ease of getting to... In and out of the place, but anyway, mm. that's not my problem. My mm. problem is um, we've got the motorplex now,
1: well, yeah, which is a magnificent facility. there's the best speedway that right. you
2: drag racing strip in the world. Yeah, particularly the speedway, and in fact, it's not unlike the football stadium we have at Optus uh, here in Optus Stadium here in Western Australia. So, um, yeah, we, we've got a world class. We're doing class all right. and yeah. building one in Sydney. Is
1: that uh, you with your shameless self promoter hat on though? Or is it is it genuinely able to claim that? Oh, I can that?
2: say that without fear of contradiction. I mean, in fact, uh, there's not a major speedway in the world other than the the, the recent uh, five or six ten years of in Poland that, that they have a purpose-built venue like we've had most most of the tracks in America. Have, have, uh, I'm talking speedway tracks now are uh, in, on fairgrounds that they we, they call their showgrounds, fairgrounds. Uh, there are some purpose-built tracks, but generally over When I first started going there, they were fairgrounds. But Mm. even when they built a purpose-built one, they were nothing like the facility we've got at Claremont. We've got six hectares of pits. We've got reticulated uh, water and power to each of the transporters when they pull in. Uh, We have a big work shed with a with a a proper weigh bridge in there. I mean, those things that the Americans still bring the scales to the tracks and weigh the cars. I mean, it's quite quite what we've got here and um, again it's something that we've got to be proud of in West Australia I, I've often said to uh, different people I'd love to meet the Minister for Sport they promote the football and cricket of this stadium yeah. in Perth but they should also be uh, looking at a sport like Speedway and the drag strip mm. with the facility we've got and they bring quite a considerable amount of people nowhere near the, th- the thing that footy and cricket does yeah. I've not got to try and uh, convince you that, I'm, that we do but we still in our own little right yeah. draw a lot of you, people you, particularly when big race means right. like Australian titles, World Series, where they come to Perth. A lot of people follow those right around the country.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, just going back to to Claremont. So you reckon the residents there were generally pretty supportive of you guys being there?
2: It was only the older ones, because uh, I was in the Rotary Club down there. In fact, yeah. I'm a past president of the Claremont Cottage Rotary. And all the older people, say, of my vintage, they used to say to me that um, Speedway was the sound of summer. It was only when the, new pe- right? when the new people moved in, and I'm not knocking them. They had a right to uh, yeah. live there, but they, they would move in, and the first thing they, they knew the speedway was being, it's like building a house alongside a Perth airport. Yeah. And you, you know that planes... You move in there and then complain about the sound right, of the planes. Right, and that's yeah. what happened. And so what she happened, a lot of people uh, moved into that area, and the first thing they heard was uh, the noise, and they complained about the noise. Mm. yet, it had been there since 1927, long before... 90, long before they, they, they arrived. Born, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, But that's life, and that, and we can't ever stop people yeah. complaining. And that's, but where we <laughs> people are now... we
1: will always have a wench. Unbelievable. You could be guaranteed it, it of is, that.
2: It is. And it is a real good suburb. I mean, it's close to ocean, it's close to shops, yeah. it's close to city. There's proper transport, a brilliant transport. Yeah. So I suppose it's a, a desirable place to live.
1: Um, all the technology that you mentioned there that you've been able to incorporate into the new facility, uh, the Perth Motorplex down Way. Uh, that aside, did the culture of the sport change at all, taking it out of its spiritual home in Claremont and and relocating it uh, down into the south of Perth? it
2: taken f- a long time. Has it? Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, when we first opened, um, we went on Friday nights. Mm. And um, I know the first night we had such a crowd, we couldn't get them in. Um, and we had traffic jams all over the area. I remember Richard Court was coming to uh, open the mm. venue on behalf of the Premier. I think he was about an hour late getting to the opening. And um, it's funny, he's
1: funny. I mean, if all the yeah. politicians have to go to all sorts of different events, Richard Court at a motorplex, yeah. just seems an odd fit, doesn't well,
2: it? He well, was, he, he was the member for Nedlands, you yeah. Know, and, and he was, in fact, I met him at the speedway before that many years before that. But and and the uh Kwinana Freeway, well, in those days was controlled by traffic lights, so down you haven't got of the course runs through, so yeah, from Mount Henry Bridge to uh Mandurah, you have traffic lights every couple of days. Yeah. And so consequently, it was difficult to get there. Friday night when everyone was leaving their work, whether they are going north, east, south or west, and the Quinana Free was like a, a parking area. Mm. And so we found it impossible to get the people in after the first couple of diets. And we lost a huge amount of money. In fact, um, if, if we hadn't gone to Saturday night, we probably wouldn't have even been operating there anyway. So we decided to go to Saturday night. Mm. And that was difficult. Then we had to immediately change the competitors' thinking because they had been used to Friday night. Often they would get themselves Saturday night events throughout mm. the, the country areas. And so all of a sudden they only had mainly um, Claremont on a Saturday night, uh, one, the motorplex on a Saturday night. Um, but it solved the problem. And up until the last two seasons, um, the crowds have come back. And in fact, last year was the best in the time that we've been is point. that right? So 21 years it took. So you can say it took a good 18 years before we uh, yeah.
1: started to... found your feet again.
2: Yeah, kicking a bit of backside, as they say.
1: Yeah, good stuff. We need to take an, another break, Con, but plenty more of your story uh, to get through. Right after this, this is Inspiring Stories. Con Migro is our special guest. Back with more soon.
0: You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Inspiring stories for Bowra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. G'day,
1: Con. It seems you and I are now definitely the backmarkers. Congratulations on a stellar career at the speedway.
2: You were iconic. I remember meeting Con a long time ago. It was that long ago. It was before I started here in Victoria Park, and ever since then, Con, my has been an absolute icon in the Speedway business. Con Migro, you were the soundtrack to my youth. Growing up at Claremont Speedway, Friday night was Speedway night. You calling the sprint cars the winged warriors who are always high, wide, and handsome through turns one and two, Foul House Corner at Claremont. Congratulations on not only a career, but a lifetime of bringing so many people such great memories of speedway congratulations and I look forward to having a beer at the bar with
1: you welcome back to inspiring stories uh, some of the many heartfelt uh, tributes uh, to a pretty unique man in the sports of uh, speedway uh, motoring particularly here in wa in con Margre, our special guest in this episode of inspiring stories uh, con it must be nice to hear uh, from some great names in the sport now who feel like they owe you so much to the mm. You know, this, the the personal success that they've achieved, it's uh, got a lot to do with your passion and, and commitment to the sport here.
2: Well, I never, ever, as I said earlier, I didn't never thought that that was happening, but it, I'm, I'm pleased that they have felt uh, honoured enough and to think that those people mm. have been kind enough to uh, take the time to send messages for me um, from all over the world. Yeah. Just here in uh, Perth and a lot of people that were in the media, particularly I used to hound trying to get them to... Uh, get a story on the 7 News or wherever we were doing things, and, and um, that was great. Yeah. Um, to think that um, all those years they appreciated or they probably thought it was a con-migro Yeah, <laughs>
1: Oh, con's on the phone. I'll hold it far away from my ear because he gets revved up again. Um, having said that, I mean, a lot of the the news coverage you might have been able to get, uh, if, I, if my memory serves correctly, it would have been crashes <laughs> those spectacular moments you know yeah. cars catching on fire that sort of stuff did it irk you at all that people were just getting exposure to to that stuff the kind of extreme moments and not just the pure racing well it was a
2: lot of the saturday night news was that yeah but building up to the, what was seven nine uh, ten in later years particularly with the embrayshaw uh, and the abc in fact i did a regular stint on the ABC with George Gorillacic and yep. um, I think even Dennis Kometty at the time, prior to that, uh, or at that time, yeah. uh, I used to do a, a preview of Speedway. And um, George used to, um, you know, you know Alison, No, you, we're at the ABC, no commercial, you're not allowed to mention Hondas and Cowboys, yeah. so I used to do a preview. And so building up to the sport, to the, to the, to the events, we used to get it. And then through radio station, particularly the Watsi and Martin on, yeah. can I mention, 6 B A. Yeah. We uh, we did a lot of things with them. But then after the event, if there had been a crash, that was often would lead the news. And that I found hard to swallow. Yeah. Because I didn't look at the sport as that part of it. I looked at it as being a pure sport like football or cricket. Yeah. But they, when we look back, it was, the, it was always the fight at the football between gun players that... Mm. Maybe got the headline, so Mm. that's just how people are, I suppose.
1: Yeah, Yeah. which I suppose feeds into that perception from from those who haven't bothered to investigate the sport properly that they see it as this, you know, this sport of um, revved up people who just want to (laughs) drive cars fast and maybe recklessly uh, that don't appreciate the
2: pure. Skill in it. Well, maybe they think that we have some sort of group of people who've got some sort yeah. of death wish. I don't know what it is, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, and yet far from it. Uh, yeah, you would probably find find some of the most yeah. uh, intelligent people on the planet, but th- their choice in doing it's just where they get their that. thrills. That's right. Yeah. Sport. Yeah. Um, are you a fast driver yourself? No. No. I'm,
1: no? I'm not. How many speeding tickets have you had over there? a few, but not yeah.
2: many. <laughs> But uh, I've slowed down in, um, in in my as in my older ages, we say. But no, I'm not particularly a fast driver. Yeah, uh, I've had a pretty clean record. Yeah, I've never lost my license. Touch wood. I'm taking a when to do that. So that has been pretty good.
1: Yeah. Uh, those speeding tickets have they come after a big night at the um, at the speedway? No. Where you've where you've you know got that that revved up feeling and the fuel in the in the veins.
2: Well, I would often be very fortunate. I had a chauffeur. Oh, Alfie. There little, you, little you go. Look home, at you. I'd always um, have a few beers. I found it very difficult after a four or five hour commentary Yeah. even when I would get home I, I would spend Saturday or Friday night or then Saturday night the rest of the night restless I never, I couldn't yeah. probably, and in fact it wouldn't be nothing, I'd usually be out of bed four or five o'clock in the morning because the, my head was still spinning Yeah. and then I decided, I used to correspond I correspond with about 1800 people around the world now yeah. and send off the results of the, the motorplex and the like so um, I, I just couldn't couldn't turn off yeah
1: and, um, and so uh on which is course, understandable because you yeah. you're so yeah. elevated you're in the moment you're so, in the moment yeah, and it's hard it, to just, just turn oh, that yeah. off
2: yeah it is it's very and i often used to uh i read a story once with sterling moss who was a great formula one driver he said that often after an event uh, for a couple of hours after the event, he was still very much in a deep mm. concentration of what he was had been mm. doing on the track and i would think that you'd probably find Uh, football commentators, not so much cricket commentators because that's very laid back. Mm. Uh, After a big footy game, particularly after a speedway race, meaning every week's the same thing, you are very G'd up. Mm. not G'd up.
1: You're not doing it right. uh,
2: And I I still, to this day, I got very nervous and I I find that um, even... I'm glad that I'm – one of the reasons I made my – I was getting to the, very anxious on a sad day. I found I don't really want to go down. Tonight. Not because I didn't want to um, see the the racing. It was because I was so keen and wanting to make sure tonight was going to be a good show. Mm. And I did a lot of research into it. Yeah. Probably a little bit like Dennis Committee and David yeah. Christensen did. I mean, those guys, as you know, they uh, – Yeah, Legends. They did the research and that, that, that's how they – even Basil Zemp was the same thing. And those – I'm not trying to compare myself with them, but, mm. but that's what you do when, you, when you're doing commentary. You If you don't know your subject, you, know, you mm. get found out pretty quick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and stepping away from that, I mean, switching it off, it's got to be hard, right?
2: It is. And yeah. October's going to be my first big test. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I'm going to... Re- what are you
1: going to do with you
2: those nights when you're not there? Well, that's going to be the big test. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. And, and even now, I question myself I, mean, I can so,
1: imagine you pacing around your house like a caged animal
2: and if Linda's there I'll be ringing here and saying what's going on um, oh said so Linda would go but you she's going to go with my son Steve. yeah right uh, okay that's the way I plan things but I'm still going to go down some yeah. shows um, yeah, I'm going to be still very keen to know what's yeah. going on and, uh, and with young Gavin running the speedway side of the motorplex yeah. I'm very yeah. keen uh, it's still there although I don't see a lot of Gav because I know how, much, how uh, busy he is when he's operating but, yeah um i'm going to miss the the, the trips not something i didn't I, I i wasn't i mean going to america and europe it sounds pretty romantic and exciting but it wasn't mm. it was i had to go there to do a job yeah but i'm going to miss the side of um getting the the top riders and drivers yeah to, bring them to this country into this state yeah. and um, I'll miss that side because yeah. I, here's a lot of things people don't understand this but I bought the guys like Jeff Gordon mm. Tony Stewart as you know in the sport they are the world's top drivers mm. Peter Collins world champion Anders Michenek, the Swede Funder I bought them to this country to the state mm. on a handshake mm. I said to them you come and race for me this is the money that we'll pay you and they agreed or disagreed. If they disagreed, we'd talk a a deal. And um, they come in, even the great Ivan Major, the world's greatest rider, they came and rode for me and drove for me and a handshake and my word, and how's yeah. that? Now, you imagine trying to do that today with the way sport is, I mean, oh. and, and rightly so because it's, uh,
1: it's it's laughable, isn't it? It
2: is, but um, I, I can't believe that I actually did that and pulled those, um, up. yeah, but in the last 20 years, in particular, and that's young or well, the last 18 years, in particular, Gavin's had to now, it's a whole different ball game, you're dealing yeah. with guys that uh. Uh, more of men of the world, I suppose, and um, mm. and they they are making livings out of it. Well, they well, are making living out of it, but they make serious money now. Mm. Um, mm. So they consequently, uh, it's a whole different ball game. But yeah, brought these guys to Australia um, in a handshake.
1: Yep, mm. you know, and people, for, as you say, all over the world, you know, Russians.
2: Yep. Poles. Yeah. Well, the English team, uh, Nigel Burcock, captain England. He was a very dear friend of mine. he he he, he rode for Coventry in the British League. He, it was his idea, it wasn't Con Migros' yeah. idea, and it wasn't something new. We had been test matches before, yep. but he um, and myself used to get together and talk, on by phone mainly, mm. um, and, and we'd get six or seven of the England's top writers and bring them to Perth. I, what they call it, underwrote the series. It sounds like I put a lot of money, but I didn't. And underwriting means that you're guaranteed that they would get these events, mm. and if the events did fall through, well, then we would have had to uh, fix them up. Um, but we had guys like Michael Lee, world champion, Peter Collins, OBE, MBE. A lot of these guys, John um, Davis, um, who uh, is now a, a, a major caterer in England, who rode for the Pool. These guys um, that come and rode, as I say, for a handshake. Mm. Um, and Andy Smith, British champions, the whole. That these young men um, trusted me, and they knew that they were going to get a fair deal. And in, um, it was, as far as the Americans are concerned, Bob Trosser from Des Moines, and Iowa. Yep. I would bring him, and he bought. Some of the world's top sprint car drivers. Mm. And we, we actually saw them at Doug the Wolfgang's, the uh, Steve Kinsey's, the Kenny Jacobs. Yep. You know, those guys that, to the normal sporting people, they probably don't uh, know them, but if you mm. look been through the history of motors, I mean, I bought Tony Stewart to Australia. I bought Jeff Gordon to Australia when he was 14. I saw him race. And Bob Trossel time to bring him. 14. 14. And he, he, uh, in the World Sprint Car Championship in 1987, he won the Friday Night feature race. And then two years later, when he was 16, I bought him out of, back in a speed car. Now, when he finished his racing career in NASCAR, he was the highest paid NASCAR driver in the world. And he was he was pulling in millions. Mm. And uh, I think in merchandise alone, he had uh, three semi-trailers, as they say, on the road all day, every day, um, going to fairgrounds and that, selling his merchandise. And he was pulling over $20 million out of that. So, Amazing. Uh, so, that's and that's another thing why yeah. America's so important. They make yeah. they have a T-shirt or a cap, yeah. or whatever jackets whatever for every event. And, yeah, uh, and the fans because there's 30 million people there. A lot of merchandising well, opportunities. They, <laughs> they, they yeah, because the Americans I say they are big T-shirt wearers. Yeah, and uh, they. Every big event coming up—it was like the other week when the Eagles were playing the Dockers. It yeah. would have been a special T-shirt for that the oh, 60th no game or whatever. Yeah. It might be. and they'd sell in the thousands. <laughs>
1: mm. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, amazing stories, Con. Um, good luck when October comes round, mm-hmm. and you have to <laughs> force yourself to do something yeah. other than what you have been doing now for well over 50 years. Well, so, 60 um, years. 60 years. Yeah. yeah, no, seriously. Good luck with yeah. that. Well, I'm looking forward to that part. Enjoy being a spectator for a change.
2: Yeah, well, I'm definitely, I'll, I'll, I'll probably come after Bowl, so uh, Yeah. I'll, I'll, if we've won, I'll be feeling very excited. We're lost, I'll be a bit gloomy. But but actually, I'm looking forward to, again, I mean, yeah. it's surprising even down at the track when you're doing the commentary, you, you don't. Uh, Running the competitors a lot, so it's yeah. after the after the meetings, when you walk to the yeah. the transfers, say goodbye and congratulate them or whatever. Yeah. So you don't really see a lot of them. Yeah. Like you did it clean. Well, you
1: can you could do things differently now. You can strut around there, you know, being the godfather that you are. Oh, god. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Perish the thought. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I really appreciate it, and uh, good luck with everything. Thank you. Uh, and, well, thank you for your contribution to the sport and to the industry over many, many years. Well, thanks Incredible.
2: for having me. And uh, I hope that I have inspired someone today,
1: yeah, either male or female. Inspired and, and educated, I guess. Well, that's so. right. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I mean, yeah.
2: And it does prove you don't have to be a great racer or a player sometimes to uh, get a niche in any sport mm. if, you, if you want to. You're driven enough to make it happen.
1: Yep, yeah. Nice uh, nice pun to finish on there too, Colm. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Inspiring Stories here on 882 6PR. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. We look forward to you joining us next time as we unearth another inspiring story.
0: You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Want to witness the world's biggest football game?